0: Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of a correspondent from around the world and Wang Zheheng coming up in this edition. Riots have erupted in Paris after police officers shot and killed a teenager during a traffic stop. At least 12 people have been killed and more than 60 injured after a Russian missile strike in Kramatorsk in eastern Ukraine. And more than a dozen people have died in Texas from heat-related illnesses. We start off in Europe. Violent riots have erupted in Paris after police officers shot and killed a 17-year-old boy during a traffic stop. Authorities have deployed at least 2,000 police officers in the French capital to quell the riot, and about 150 arrests have been made. President Emmanuel Macron has called the shooting inexcusable and has also appealed for calm. Natalie Malhez reports.
1: Violence erupted in several Paris neighborhoods following the death of 17-year-old Nahal M. Angry crowds clashed with riot police in Nanterre, where the shooting took place on Tuesday. Videos on social media show protesters throwing projectiles at police patrols and fireworks exploding in the street, littered with burning barricades. This has been the response to what many believe was an unjustified show of deadly force during a routine traffic inspection. Prosecutors say Nahal failed to comply with the police instruction to stop the car he was driving. The police's account of the incident claimed the driver tried to hit the officers. The teenager's family intends to press charges. In the meantime, President Macron has called for calm. In a message of condolences, he's also appealed for swift justice and for the police to carry out their duties to serve and protect in what he's described an ethical framework. French football captain Kylian Mbappe has also shared his condolences with the family. Nahal's mother has called for a peaceful march through Nanterre on Thursday. The families also asked for mourners to wear white as they hold a the vigil for the slain teenager.
0: That was Natalie Malgas reporting. Still in Europe, a Russian missile has hit the eastern Ukrainian city of Kramatorsk, killing at least 12 people, including three children and injuring more than 60 others. Ukraine says a restaurant was the target. Meanwhile, Moscow has reiterated that Russia attacks only target military installations and not civilian infrastructure. Dasha Chernyshova has more.
2: The Kremlin insists Moscow is not striking Ukrainian civilian infrastructure. Commenting on the strike at a crowded pizza restaurant in Kramatorsk, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said strikes are carried out on objects that are connected with military infrastructure in one way or another. Russia's Ministry of Defense said it had a temporary deployment location of the 56th Motorized Infantry Brigade in Kramatorsk. The Kremlin also rejected a UN report alleging that Russia had violated children's rights in Ukraine. Peskov insists the Russian army saved the children from being shelled. Addressing the report that top Russian general Sergei Suravikin had known in advance about the Wagner mutiny, the Kremlin said there would be a lot of gossip and speculation. Suravikin, who is often applauded by Wagner, was last seen in a video on Saturday calling Wagner had Yevgeny Prigozhin to stop the rebellion. As for Prigozhin, he is now in Belarus and his fighters may join the Russian regular army. The Kremlin said Vagran's business in Africa had nothing to do with the Russian state. And the leadership in Moscow is now discussing whether changes in the law are needed to regulate private military companies. Separately, Cardinal Matteo Zuppi, the Papal Envoy for Peace, is now in Moscow for talks on Ukraine. The Kremlin says it highly values the efforts and the initiatives of the Vatican.
0: That was Stasha Chernyshova in Moscow. Next, we turn to North America. A brutal heat wave that has been crippling taxes has now turned deadly. More than a dozen people have reportedly died from heat-related illnesses. The oppressive heat over taxes is now moving north, with tens of millions of Americans bracing for record-breaking temperatures. Tony Waterman has the details.
3: It is almost incomprehensible how blisteringly hot it is and has been here in Texas. So perhaps this will put it into perspective. Large parts of Texas will be hotter than 99% of the planet. That is according to Ben Knoll of New Zealand's National Institute of Water and Atmospheric Research. Temperatures are expected to climb north of 107 degrees Fahrenheit. That's nearly 42 degrees Celsius in parts of the state, but when humidity is factored in, meteorologists say it will feel closer to 115.
1: I don't know, it just seems like it's getting hotter and hotter, but you know, as long as you stay cool, hydrate,
3: you know. We're actually leaving the country, going to Canada. The excessive heat has already claimed a number of lives, including a 14-year-old boy and his stepfather who died while hiking in Big Bend National Park last week in 119-degree temperatures. Nine people from one county along the U.S.-Mexico border have also died from heat-related illnesses. And according to the Texas Tribune newspaper, at least nine inmates have died in Texas prisons that have no air conditioning. And some fear that things could get worse electricity demand broke an all-time high on Tuesday as people crank up their air conditioning to cool off. Officials have been urging residents to conserve energy for over a week now to avoid rolling blackouts. And part of what makes this heat wave so intense and so dangerous is that there's been little reprieve overnight. Temperatures are remaining in the high 70s, uh, heat indices even higher. And this, experts say, is a symptom of the climate crisis. Heat kills twice as many people as tornadoes and more than four times as many as extreme cold. And nighttime temperatures are increasing even faster than the daytime temperatures. This is especially bad for our health as very warm nights interfere with our body's ability to recover from the hot days. There are potentially 180 nighttime records that could be broken in the coming days as this oppressive heat wave spreads into parts of Louisiana, Arkansas and Mississippi. As for us here in Texas, we'll be getting some respite over the weekend. Temperatures are forecast to drop just below 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So slightly cooler, but still a heck of a lot warmer than normal for this time of year.
0: There was Tony Walterman reporting from Austin, Texas. Moving on to Asia, the three-day summer Davos Forum organized by the World Economic Forum has wrapped up in the northern Chinese city of Tianjin. Leaders of governments, businesses, and international organizations have had wide ranging discussions on the world economy. Guanxin has more.
4: Much of the dialogue focused on how we can identify solutions to shared challenges, where the new frontiers for economic growth are, and what role China will play in shaping the global economy. And generally speaking, there is the optimism about China's economic rebound from the pandemic, which is a major bright spot in the world economy. And many companies desire more investment opportunities in China. Another major area focus is the green economy and China is central to this dialogue and its public policies are key to steering the transition to net zero emissions. In China's industrial sector produces products from solar panels to new energy vehicles, which are also vital to the global supply chain to tackle climate change. As participants pointed out, it would be impossible to decouple from or even de-risk with China. The Foreign Minister of Hungary says it is a suicide. In fact, many people voice firm resistance to attempts to divide the world into different camps. They agreed to with the Premier Lee's message that the openness and cooperation are the only way forward. And for more on the key takeaways and the outcomes from the forum, I spoke to Zadia Zahidi, Managing Director of the World Economy Forum, take a listen. First of all, the fact that China's economy has reopened was one of the very positive
2: elements of what was discussed here. I think, of course, the numbers that have come out in terms of the first quarter's performance very positive as well, Mm. 4.5% surpassing expectations. There were some uh, discussions about what might be some of the challenges that are faced. Mm. Has consumer demand come back Mm. as fast as it was expected? Mm. But overall, I think we know that this is one of the largest drivers of global growth around the world. There's a huge amount of potential in the Chinese economy. I think the rest of the world is waiting for more engagement um, with China.
0: There was World Economic Forum Managing Director Sadia Zahidi, ending that report by Guan Xin. Businesses are seeking to secure new trade opportunities as the third China-Africa Economic and Trade Expo opens in Jiangsha, central China. This year's event has attracted more than 1,500 enterprises and financial institutions from China and 53 African countries. Dai Kei has this report from Changsha. It's been quite a journey for the bilateral cooperation, especially in terms of the economy and trade between China and Africa. We know that China remains to be Africa's largest trading partner for 14 straight years. And in the year of 2022, bilateral trade volume between China and Africa had some $282 billion U.S. dollars that marks an 11% growth year on year. We can also expect the latest version of China Africa economic and trade relations report which is supposed to sort out the progress achieved in the past and also takes a look at the future trends in terms of the bilateral collaboration and there will also be various high-profile events uh, also business matchmaking sessions as well as uh, various seminars during the event. there was Daikai reporting. Finally, we go to Africa. Residents have reported heavy gunfire in parts of Khartoum, despite a ceasefire announced by Sudan's rival sites to observe the Muslim holiday of Eid al-Adha. The Sudanese army is said to have launched airstrikes against the Rapid Support Forces on Wednesday. Meantime, aid workers and volunteers are struggling to keep healthcare running in Sudan while fighting rages on. Kidney dialysis patients are among the hardest hit by the fighting as they struggle to get their treatments. Anastasia Waweru reports.
5: It's a life or death situation. As the conflict in Sudan rages on, the health sector has been severely impacted. A shortage of workers and major shutdowns of facilities means they now depend on limited services from other states as a result these centers were suffering from shortage of salts and the materials consumed during dialysis were as a result of pressure on them so they would do dialysis for three or two hours but here thank god we do dialysis for four hours thousands of patients were endangered in Khartoum, where a number of dialysis centers suspended their operations They also faced acute shortages of treatments and dialysis materials. And even here in Port Sudan, proper care is not assured as pressure mounts on facilities. Doctors in dialysis centers warn of a crisis that may face kidney patients during the coming period due to the pressure on dialysis centers in the states where people fleeing the scourge of war in Khartoum and other Sudanese cities have sought refuge which negatively affects the dialysis machines because of the continuous work and the addition of days to accommodate those on the waiting list of critical cases, in addition to the shortage of medicines for preserving the blood of those who do dialysis, which are taken for life. The United Nations reports that over 60 hospitals have been put out of service in conflict zones. And in spite of some medical aid, the situation still remains dire.
0: That was Anastasia Wawiru reporting. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. People are rioting in Paris after police officers killed a teenager during a traffic stop on Tuesday. At least 12 people have been killed and more than 60 injured during a Russian missile strike in Kramatorsk in eastern Ukraine. And an extreme heat in Texas has killed more than a dozen people. That concludes this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings to you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one hour news magazine podcast. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. And Mong Zihang, thank you for listening.